You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. If you are married or about to be, or just considering getting into business with your spouse or significant other, woohoo, this episode is for you and you better listen. Today, we are sitting down and talking with our good friends, Jordan and Matt Dooley. Jordan Lee Dooley is a national bestselling author, speaker, founder, and CEO of the Own It Academy and host of She, a top-rated podcast for women. Her trajectory started with a small Etsy shop she started in college, and now her mission is to help women live their purpose and create a livelihood doing what they love so they can leave a legacy. She also sits on the board of advisors for Liberty University School of Business and has been featured on Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Success Magazine's 30 Under 30 list, and more. Jordan is an Indiana native, an advocate for working in your slippers, and happily married to her college sweetheart, Matt. And speaking of Matt, out of college, Matt got drafted in the NFL for the Steelers, and then two weeks before his and Jordan's wedding, he got dropped from the team. They talk about that on the show because it is wild. He then started working for a medical company, which he later quit to work at home with Jordan. For a season, he worked with Jordan in her business before eventually splitting off to start his own consulting company. Now they work side-by-side as work-from-home entrepreneurs while also being a crazy-in-love husband and wife. Seriously, they're the cutest. Anyways, today's conversation is good. We cover everything from the ups and downs of working together, navigating the crazy dynamics of being both married and business partners, keeping your business relationship separate from your romantic relationship, figuring out each other's work styles, and so much more. And then we pivot into talking about finances and navigating the chaos of money and numbers as an entrepreneur and as a couple. Oh, that's a lot. It's a doozy of an episode full of so much wisdom and encouragement for anyone working together as a couple or wanting to in the future. You'll walk away with loads of encouragement as well as tools, tips, resources, and more. We are so, so excited for you to listen to Jordan and Matt and all their wisdom. So let's get started. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Jay, welcome back on the show. And Matt, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast for the first time. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, this is fun. I'm excited to be back. I I know. Matt with me. (laughs) If anybody... Jordan was our very first guest. I think. Oh I think my you were, gosh, I was. I you forgot were, about that. <laughs> you were like, her, you and Natalie Frank were the first two guests. So I'm pretty sure you're episode three. So if anybody hasn't listened to Jay's original episode with us, go back and listen to episode three. You could just Google. I think iTunes cuts it off after a while. So just Google Jordan Dooley, Heart and Hustle, whatever. There you Anyways, go. <laughs> um, but we're excited to have you both on to talk about finances and working together just as entrepreneurs and a married couple and all of that jazz. So just to start off, could you guys give us a brief little rundown of who you are, what you do for anyone that isn't familiar with who you are? Absolutely. I will start and then I'll have Matt pick up kind of his side of the story. But um, I'm an author, a speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, lots of things. Wear lots of hats. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, work from home and started uh, in the entrepreneurship world when I was still a college student, partly due to Matt because he encouraged me. He saw that I had like this little 
hobby, basically. And he's like, Mm. you should start an Etsy shop with that. And I remember thinking like, wow, for a football player, you are awfully artsy. Um, (laughs) And he is, he's like a Renaissance man. He's into music and food and art and all the things. But anyways, so he really had encouraged me like, you should do something with that. And at the time it was more just like, yeah, I should try something. And slowly it began to evolve and grow. And then that led to several other things between having a shop and writing books and all the all the creative endeavors. So that led to that eventually we got married and I was doing a lot of that. He was pursuing a career of his own, which I'll let him tell you about. And then um, eventually after a few years, we decided to kind of merge paths a little bit. And he came on and started really helping me as my business was really booming and growing at a pace that I was like, OMG, I don't know what to do and how to <laughs> keep this up. And so he really stepped in and helped me with streamlining some things and whatnot. And then... Um, yeah, eventually branched off and was able to, once I was able to build more of a team, he was able to step into his own uh, entrepreneurial adventures. And that's kind of what he's doing now. But I'll give I'll give you the mic now. You can tell your background. <laughs> yeah. So coming right out of college, I worked for a medical device company. For, after playing for the Steelers. Don't no, let him fool no, you. No, no, coming right out. I, I, I did work for the medical device company first. Then I got signed by the Steelers. Oh, yeah, you're and right. then I got cut by the Steelers. <laughs> and then like, I went back to humble. working for the company. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting all the details right. So, yeah, I, I did that. Um, it was it was fun playing football, um, but it was always a vehicle for me. It was never like the end goal. Mm. Um, and I, you know, used it to get my education paid for and got to meet my wife in the process, which is mm. another perk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so after that, worked for a couple of years for the same uh, medical device company. Um, and right around that time that Jordan was talking about, um, her business started to take off. She was getting ready to uh, release her first book, and um, she had no help. <laughs> so <laughs> I, had like I was like, "What can assistant. I? What can I do?" <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, kind of stepped in, and um, he was like my bodyguard on the book tour. He like <laughs> monetized my podcast. He like got all the things set up. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we took her podcast and uh, made it profitable, and um, got it on the ad network, and it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been great. And then we basically got the structure set up. She was able to hire some people out and I was able to kind of step aside and move into um, some social media consulting as well as uh, private coaching, um, Mm -hmm. both for sports and business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of in a nutshell. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's, I guess, dive into the part of your story where you guys did some work together. And I would love to hear just, I guess, what is the the deeper story of you guys like the transition i guess period of working together and going from married with completely different careers and different you know day to day i guess in your businesses mm-hmm. and all of that to suddenly like working together and a little bit of that story yeah it was quite the transition honestly and it was something that it took us a while to decide um we actually had been seeing a I don't know if I would formally call it like marriage counselors, but they were counseling us. They were an older couple that we really looked up to and still love and adore. We just don't meet with them as frequently now, but we were meeting with them like probably, what was that? Like once a month, maybe Mm -hmm. once every other week or something. And we were kind of in this process where we were starting to see that maybe like you had been saying to me, I think I could add more value to our household by like helping you like steward this and grow this. And I just feel like that's a better use of my time right now. And he was seeing that, but I think I was scared because I think I I liked the stability or the idea of him having the stability of a job outside of what I was doing. And so yeah. we were really unsure of what that would look like. And so I don't know, how long do you think that took us to kind of navigate? A few months, probably. No, it was, uh, 
I'd probably say it was like eight months. Yeah, from the time we had the initial wow. idea to when we actually like he took the leap was eight mm-hmm. months. And one thing that I always share is that we were meeting with our, you know, marriage counselors or mentors, and we were telling them about this concern and this like idea that we had, but the fear around it. And you can tell the story of what they said, because I think what they shared about dreaming together was just really um it was just really transformative and they gave, they kind of gave us this exercise to do. And I think it was really helpful in us and for us making this decision. Yeah. They, they basically, they, they asked us cause we're, we're going back and forth like, Oh, shouldn't, you know, should I do this? Should I not? And they, they asked us, what, what was it? Like, what, what are your goals and aspirations? Like, what, what are your dreams? What are, he should, yeah. So they asked me, Jordan, what are Matt, what would be Matt's big dream? And like, what's, what are his dreams? And then vice versa, like Matt, what are Jordan's dreams? And it was so interesting when we answered, cause I'm pretty sure I was like, I think his dream is to like live a life where he can go fishing whenever he wants and like mentor boys <laughs> and like young guys and like coach. Like the, I just like, I've laid out like this whole thing. And then do you remember what you said for me? Yeah, it was uh New York Times bestseller. Yeah, he just book. had all these like, massive things. Yeah, all these big business goals. And-, <laughs> and they were like, all right, well, you guys are on very different pages. So it'd probably be good for you to get on the same page. <laughs> yeah. So so then they asked, they're like, well, have you guys ever dreamed together? And we were wow. like, whoa, uh, no. <laughs> we've all just we we've just kind of been like coexisting for our first like two what? It was like two years. Oh two no, years, year and a half ish, almost longer years. than that. Yeah, it was like our first yeah, two, two years. years of marriage. Yeah. Um where you're just kind of like in autopilot, like you get married, you get back from the honeymoon and you're like, okay, uh, like, survive. no, no, <laughs> right. to the grindstone, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was weird because like the perceived, you know, sense of stability, I think can really hinder a lot of people with entrepreneurial like aspirations Yeah, because you're like, oh, well, you know, I've got this nine to five, you know, I've, I've got my paycheck. I know what it's going to be every week. And w- without realizing like, wow, I'm, I'm also kind of wasting my potential here. Mm. And it's it's almost like an anesthetic that just keeps you there, that false sense of security. Yeah. You know, because it's like no matter mm-hmm. how big the company it is, like you could still get fired next week. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get laid off. So like that sense of stability was, you know, I don't know, kind of a facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically they told us to dream together. And so one time we were, we were flying somewhere for, I think to see his family or something, or we were flying to New York city. Oh yeah. For publisher meetings. And this was like right around the time it was in November of, I think 2018. And we were flying to New York and he came with me because it was like a long weekend while he was, you know, he was still employed and everything. And then on the way back, like we had done some of the work stuff together and we realized like we could totally do this. And so Mm -hmm. we actually sat down on the plane and we had a dream date for like the whole flight. We wrote down like, what do we, you know, want our life to look like and what do we feel called to? And, you know, his family lives 2000 miles away. So we wrote in like all the details that we'd like to be able to visit them whenever we want. And like, we just started mapping out like, what do we actually envision our life to look like? Because we got married pretty young. And then it was like NFL cut from the NFL. Okay. Now it's just a hustle to like get by and like figure it out. And so Mm -hmm. we spent a couple of years doing that. And when things actually started to work, when we saw we could potentially do this together, at least for a season, it was scary. But then writing all that down and actually creating a vision for our life and for our family and, you know, not necessarily a step-by-step plan of like, this is when this will happen and this is when that will happen, but more of just like, this is the life we want to work toward. And then kind of reverse engineer that into, okay, so then what do we need to do now? And like, what what does that look like kind of reverse engineered? And it made us realize like, we should really do this, especially now before we have kids, like this is the time to take those risks and we're young, like, let's do it. And it ended up being like a great thing. There were definitely challenges with it, which we're more than happy to talk about, but there was, you know, it was such a huge like stepping stone in the journey to where we are now for sure. 
That's awesome. Well, and I love just even you guys saying that you you dream together, like for the first time, because I think a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said you're on autopilot, because I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I guess I would love to know, once Matt, you did start working with Jordan, because I know now you guys work as entrepreneurs, but separately, like Matt doesn't work in Jordan's business anymore. But for that season that you did, because I, I know a lot of our audience are either just like husband and wife teams or entrepreneur partners together that are also married. And so how did you keep your business relationship separate from your marriage? Because in a way, when Matt was working for Jordan, is Jordan not his boss technically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, it's a touchy dynamic. Um, I, I think one little thing that we did, and it sounds um, kind of, I don't know, insignificant, but like, when we would go on a date night, we would make sure it was a date night and we would not talk about business. Like yeah. if one of us brought it up, they'd be like, no, no, this is date, this is a date night. We are not talking about that right now. Yeah. And it can be hard when that's your life together mm-hmm. is your business, but it's also, you're, you're going back to that, you know, like what are your aspirations like mm-hmm. outside of business? Mm-hmm. Like what, like where do you want to go on vacation? this time? Like just anything but that, yeah. um, you know, you try and do that as much as possible. And it, and then paying for it personally and not paying for it with your business account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, cause I know all my entrepreneurs out there love to get write-offs, but <laughs> for this, you know, for this, your own sanity and for the health of your marriage, it's like, let, let's, let's take this one. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's like one of the things that we, we did. Um, there was also a lot of times where we just sucked at this part. Like, I think yeah. we definitely were challenged. Like, there was a lot of times where I'm like, are we being business partners right now? Or are we husband and wife? Like, what's happening? And I think we just, I like to just be very, like, transparent about that. There were some boundaries we tried to put. Like, there were different seasons when life was really busy that we tried to say, like, okay, no phones in the bedroom. No phones, like, you know, before bed. Like, let's actually catch up and talk about other things. So we made us a, a valiant effort. And I think that's what it's about. I don't think it's about perfectly knowing exactly when your wife had us on or when your business partner had us on. Because at the at the end of the day, like one of the biggest challenges I think that can come with this is, um, you know, almost like those lines really can get blurred and you can all start to operate as like goal partners more mm-hmm. so than like lovers and best friends. And that was something that I think we began to realize too. So setting some of those boundaries can be helpful to protect that, but also just like knowing that if you're struggling with that, I think that's pretty normal and we've been there and it's just a matter of saying, how can we be a little bit intentional about this, but you're not going to get it perfect. And I think that's, I think that's okay. It's just being aware, you know, I think that's yeah. the best thing you can do. Yeah. I I remember Jordan, you and I having a conversation at one point when you guys were in that season and you were just like, this is so hard. Like, cause you guys were still figuring out a few of those, you know, like Mm -hmm. boundaries and those, those things. And it was so beautiful though, to watch you guys walk through that and see those days when you're like, we're crushing it on the boundaries. And Mm -hmm. then the others where you're like, okay, uh, we need (laughs) to shift some things cause this is a lot. And it was really encouraging for me to see and just realize exactly what you're saying of like, you know, you're not always going to nail it a hundred percent because you are juggling like almost two completely different roles and dynamics and that's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's part of the journey and the learning experience in Mm -hmm. figuring out two massively different, like, Worlds almost. And yeah. worlds and yeah. totally. Well, and another thing I think that made our situation a little bit challenging too was like kind of what you had touched on earlier with, um, 
you know, almost like this idea of like him working for me. Like we were 50-50 in terms of like our workload, but it was kind of strange because it wasn't like we both started the business at the same time from scratch. It's like I was doing all the things and it had like my name on it and whatnot. And then he stepped into it, which I still looked at it like it was ours, but that like mindset can be tough when it's like if one person walks away, it go, the whole thing goes away. And, and yeah. you really don't feel like you're 50-50 true partners, even if you're trying to see it that way. Right. Like yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. if, if a decision had to be made, is Jordan making it or is Matt making it? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So that was definitely a part of it that was hard for us too. And that was something that we, you know, designated. It was mm-hmm. like right up front. It was like, okay, when it comes down to a 50, you know, 50-50 business decision, like for the business, Jordan, since you started this, like Jordan gets a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like when it came to our household and personal decisions, I, you know, got the tiebreaker, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's different for every situation. Um, another thing was really trying to learn each other's work styles. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the type of person who works in like bursts. Like I can work for like an <laughs> hour tops and then I need to take like 30 minutes and then, and another, you know, hour and a half, and then I'll take 15 minutes. And Jordan will just sit down and just like crank out work for like six hours straight and forget to eat lunch. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm over here like getting distracted, like squirrel, you know. <laughs> and that used to drive me crazy. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you chipping? Like, why are you putting in the front yard? Like, it's three o'clock on a Tuesday. Like, what is happening? And he's like, why are you working like a energizer buddy? Like, you need to take a break, you know? So it's just, we had to kind of navigate that as well. Anyways, so all of that said, you know, there's no like perfect way to navigate it, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like giving each other grace is the best thing. And that can be really hard some days and we totally failed at it some days, but I think giving each other grace and just trying to set a couple of those intentional like moments aside, whether it's for date night or just like your hour before bed, that's truly for like you and your relationship and like laughter and dancing around and being silly or making out or whatever it is, mm-hmm. just like making sure you're preserving maths. Especially that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, so anyways, that's I all that. I have to say about that. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I would love, do you want to talk a little bit about, you talked, I guess, a little bit about the dynamics of like working together and, you know, your positions within the company and like, you know, that type of thing. But do you want to talk a little bit about almost now that you're not working together per se, but you are working together in the sense that you both work from home and are in the same space. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe almost addressing that from like both perspectives of like when you are working together in the same space, like you were saying, you both have different work methods and Jordan, it drove you crazy when Matt would like take those breaks and Matt, it drove you crazy when Jordan would just like put her head to the grindstone and like not look up for hours on end. Um, And then even now just being in the same space, both working, do you guys have any tips to kind of navigating like both working from home and do you ever get sick of each other? Do you need time alone? How do you kind of balance that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we definitely do get sick of each other. (laughs) (laughs) What? I never get sick of you. That's mean. Uh, No, I think um, for us, now that we both work separately, it's been kind of weird since we we just moved earlier this year. And so Mm -hmm. we've still been in like unpacking mode and Jordan's had her office. I haven't really had mine. So I've done a lot of my work. I, I get like, um, cabin fever. So I need to get out. I'll go to a coffee shop and work, um, you know, spend like four hours there and then come back and, you know, answer some emails or whatever. 
um, come home for lunch and whatnot. But now I have my own separate room that is an office in the house. So I will be here a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, you know, it, again, it's, it's setting up routines. I think is really healthy. Um, and you know, again, it goes to learning each other's work style. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like myself, like are okay with someone popping in and talking in or and talking for, you know, 10 minutes and other people like Jordan are like, no, don't talk to me. I have a thought. I'm trying to get it out on paper, you know, <laughs> like leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, having some sort of, I mean, I will say, I feel like working together, but separate, if that makes sense, um, has helped us a lot because, when we were working like almost on the exact same company goal, the challenge with it was like if the other person didn't meet the expectation of what we thought they were going to do that day, it became a stressor to us, right? right. So if he expected me to do something um, and I didn't or vice versa, then he would end up being stressed or I would be end up being stressed because I felt like, well, that's not how I thought you were going to spend your day. And now yeah. it's kind of like, hey, you're in charge of your thing. I'm in charge of mine. We'll like support each other in the process. So I think when it comes to being home together, it's just really clearly communicating what's on your plate for the day. Like a lot of times we'll go on a walk in the evening and I'll be like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like what's on your plate? Because if he says, oh, I have a packed day, I have meetings all day, or, oh, I have to actually drive out of town to, you know, do something for a client. Um, then I'm prepared for that. And so I can Mm -hmm. kind of plan my day accordingly or vice versa. Like if I tell him I am batching seven podcast episodes, he'll just leave the house. So it's really just, I think having some sort of order and routine, understanding each other's work style and being really intentional to ask like, what's on your docket for today or what's coming up tomorrow, just so you're not shocked if suddenly they disappear or they're not very communicative or whatever. Um, And then the days where we forget to ask that, like today, I found out he went golfing this morning. I was like, wait, I didn't know you were going golfing this morning. (laughs) I had no idea, but he had a free morning. And so just knowing that about each other as much as you can communicate it, I think Mm -hmm. usually serves us both really well. That's so good. I'm gleaning all this advice because Andrew and I are in a very similar situation. Uh, He got out of the military last September. But honestly, since then, we've kind of just been in a slight season of transition Mm -hmm. and moving to Kansas. But I think this summer is really going to be the time where, like, we're both home. We're finally settled. He's going to be like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) And so, like, this is just super helpful uh, to to hear. Um, Okay, pivoting slightly into less, like, work from home together situation and more into the financial talk as a married couple that's also entrepreneurs. So with both of you being work from home entrepreneurs, how do you tackle budgeting and then managing your finances? I feel like you almost have to be a little bit more diligent than if one or both of you had a nine to five with a very Mm -hmm. regular paycheck. So how do you Mm -hmm. do that? So kind of I'll break down how it works for us because we like to treat our businesses as if they are our employers. And so both of our businesses are set up as their own entities. We kind of had a long conversation, like there was a long, a long period of time where we were like, do we want his to be a parent? Like under my company as a parent company, should it be its own? Like we talked with our financial advisors, I feel like in circles around that, but we just decided having our own made the most sense. And so we actually like have our have it set up to where we actually get like bi-weekly true paychecks from our businesses mm-hmm. um, so that it functions like we know exactly how much every single month we're going to get rather than it being like, well, what do we need to pull out this month? You know? And yeah, so yeah. we try to function exactly like we would if we were working for another company or a nine to five for two reasons. One, to like make sure that we are truly keeping our personal and our business assets separate. And then secondly, to make sure that we're operating like 
we try to be, you know, as intentional with a budget as possible, but it's, it's usually like, we know exactly how much we have each month to spend. So we do our best to stick within that. And so I think what can be hard as entrepreneurs is if you don't have a system for how you're getting paid, it can be really tempting to just start taking random withdrawals. And like, there's certain seasons where you may have to do that. If there are a a big emergency expense, like that is the benefit of having a business, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are benefits like that. But when it comes to just like everyday living, we try to really look at it that way and really make sure everything funnels through that system. So Matt's business pays him a paycheck. My business pays me a paycheck and we both like bring it home just as if we were working separate jobs. Mm -hmm. And so that I think really helps us keep some boundaries and some healthy, like, I don't know, just clarity, like clarity on what do we actually have to spend every month? What do we, you know, um, what are we doing in that regard? So that simple setup and it's set up through our financial advisor and it's literally like a payroll, like our taxes come out of it. And like, I think, right. Like our certain, certain taxes come out of it and whatnot. So yeah, payroll taxes. And so anyways, that's just something I would really recommend if you are currently just taking withdrawals from your business. Um, consider working with an accountant or a financial advisor, especially if you guys both own the same business or own separate businesses. Um, Setting it up that way just makes everything cleaner and it makes it easier to communicate and be on the same page when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a quick follow-up question to that that is somewhat related to like being an entrepreneur and getting a paycheck, but also almost related to like being a married couple with separate paychecks, have you guys ever struggled? Do you have, I guess, like separate budgets for yourselves within that like money that you pool once you've brought it home from your separate businesses, if that makes sense? Because is it has it ever become a stressor? I know from talking to other married couples where, you know, they both bring home whatever, combine it into the, you know, the married family finance account, whatever. And then one of them will go make a big expense of something or purchase something really big. And the other person might feel super upset because they're like, that was a lot of my hard-earned money or anything like that. Do you guys have like any sort of system that separates that for you guys or creates balance there? Or do you not struggle with that? I just, I'm curious. It wasn't on my list of questions, but... (laughs) No, that's that's a good question. Um, You know, we like... You know, our money goes in the same pot and, you know, in general, like you, you have to ultimately decide what qualifies as a big purchase because mm-hmm. for some people that's like a hundred dollars and for other people it's $10,000. Yeah. So it, it depends on your situation, but, um, basically outlining that and saying, okay, anything over this, uh, could you give me a heads up before we make a purchase like that with our personal account? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have individual budgets within our personal account is just kind of like our cumulative mm-hmm. budget. All of our yeah. expenses go in first, and then um, we we kind of go from there for you know groceries and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'll also say something that um, my mom actually recommended we do at one point, and we don't do it quite as often anymore. But there was a season where we actually created our, and we still have them. We just I don't know that we I don't use mine quite as much. But she had recommended. She's like, you know, I think you guys both could benefit from having like your own small like fun money accounts that mm-hmm. aren't specifically dedicated to the household. Yeah. And it's also a, an account that you could buy each other gifts out of, or if, like Matt wants to get some new fishing gear or something that's not going to make you feel like wait, what? That could have gone toward, you know, healthy food or something. And so anyways, we began to, for a little while, both take like distributions from our household budget and just put it like, I think it was just like a couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a lot, but it was just a little extra money. Like if I wanted to go get my hair done, you know, that can be a little bit expensive. Or if you want to go get new, whatever, outdoor stuff or something. And so 
uh, or buy each other gifts. And so sometimes that can be a healthy um, way to do it so that you do feel like you have your own small pocket of money for those like random splurge expenses or Mm -hmm. something that you want to gift the other um, without feeling like you have to, you know, have this big, huge conversation about it. And so that was a good way to alleviate stress, especially I think it was, it was more prevalent, I think, when we were working into the same business and Mm -hmm. now it's not so much of a thing, but that was really helpful for that season when we were in that space. So that might be something to consider if you find yourself struggling with that. I love that. That's so good. I have a question. You, you kind of answered already about how you pay yourself. You just take a certain amount, same month, or same amount per month uh, from both businesses into your personal family account. And then that's just like a nine to five would pay you. Mm -hmm. But because entrepreneurship isn't a nine to five, and maybe you guys don't struggle with this, but what I guess would be your advice to someone that does, maybe a newer entrepreneur that like, you know, monthly income fluctuates. Maybe it's a seasonal business or maybe you have a really good month and then you're dry a little bit on another month. What do you recommend for somebody who is struggling with that fluctuation of income to have like the same amount taken every single month if that amount isn't there? Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I think so. So Sorry, I probably didn't say it very easily. No, no. From, from what I gather, um, my response would be like, just make sure, like pay yourself the minimum it takes like for you to like get everything paid, mm-hmm. like all your bills paid, like set that because if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, there's, there's going to be months where you're making more than that. And, you know, obviously save for taxes. Um, those are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but also it, it, it gives you a little bit more wiggle room. Cause if, if your personal budget is kind of like pushing it a little bit, then when you have a lean month, you're really going to feel it. And you'll be like, oh no, how am I going to, you know, right. how am I going to meet my paycheck this month or whatever it is? But yeah, you can go ahead. I was just going to add that some um, something that our financial advisor had recommended was to decide what your um, minimum cash, cash amount that you're willing to keep in your businesses, which means like building up a little bit of a kind of a cash base, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he had given a recommendation of like, I think it's like two or two months worth of income or something like that, um, cons- as much as possible, like, or average income, right? Because like, again, it always fluctuates, but, um, or no, sorry, not two months worth of income, two months worth of expenses, like business expenses. And that, mm-hmm. like, when you're paying yourself a salary, that actually counts as a business expense, especially if you have an S corp. So, um, to set it up that way, I mean, your your like labor is considered a business expense. So if you have $10,000 a month of business expenses, then trying to say, okay, my goal is going to be to try to keep a minimum cash base of $20,000 in there or $2,000 or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm just trying to do easy math. But regardless, then what's nice about that is even though it can take a little bit of time to like work toward that, when you have a bigger month, like if you're like, I know June is my biggest month because of the season or whatever, and I'm going to have a lot of extra cash flow, instead of just being like, woo, extra cash flow, I'm going to take a distribution and go on vacation, I would say allocate that toward that's my, that's going toward my like cash base basically. Um, So what's good about that is that if you do end up in a leaner month where you just don't make as much as you normally would, you can still pay your salary because that cash base is there. Um, And so then, and then you just can replenish it the next time you have a good month. So that's kind of a good way to think about it because it allows you to use some of those more feast months to kind of help fund the famine months and keep this like consistent, like minimum payment that you're going to make to yourself every single month. So Mm, I love that. 
hey friend, are you a hat girl like us? Well, if you've ever seen a photo of us, pretty much ever. We are almost always wearing a hat on because we love accessorizing any outfit and making it cuter with a good hat. Like literally add any hat to any outfit and it is a thousand times cuter and better. So if you've ever seen us wearing a hat, I can guarantee you it was 100% a Gigi Pip hat. In fact, the hats we're wearing in this podcast cover, yeah, they're Gigi Pip. Gigi Pip is inspired by women who wear many hats and their quality and style is literally insane. It's why we choose them over any hat company because their styles are so cute and their quality is next level. We love them to death. So if you want to grab a hat yourself, we have a little treat for you. You can shop Gigi Pip hats using the link in the show notes to receive free shipping with our code heart and hustle. That's all lowercase and with no spaces. If you're ready to see your confidence boosted and look cute as heck, grab a Gigi Pip hat today. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It's that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Have you guys noticed in working together, whether it was like in the same business or outside of business, has finances been something as a married couple that's been a learning curve for you guys? Has it been kind of easy? Both of you has just kind of fallen into, you know, rhythm and a routine, just figuring out different, you know, structures that work well. Like, do you have any thoughts, I guess, for a couple who's maybe just getting married and kind of looking at the finances, whether they're working together or whatnot, and they're just like panicking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think learning to have healthy financial conversations has been probably the biggest learning curve for us, as well as learning how the other views certain things, such as how the other views debt or how the other views, um, you know, spending or these just different things. And so that was something that we've learned a lot about each other over the last few years. But I do think um, having... A cl- like just intentionality when it comes to like when we started doing dream dates, I think we both started getting on the same page when it comes to finances. And now our dream dates turn into a monthly meeting with our financial advisor. Like it just has become this thing where we have like a third party. And there have been many times where that's been really helpful. If we have different views on something, they're able to kind of like mediate that a little bit. They're and more like our, business managers. Yeah. They're like managers of it. And so... Mm. Anyways, um, it is a learning curve. And I think if you're first getting married and you feel just like the overwhelm, I highly recommend having dates that are specifically 
dedicated to talking about money, not in a stressful yeah. situation, mm-hmm. not in a moment where you're like, why did you spend that? Because that's usually how you first start talking about money. It's like, I didn't know you were going to buy this or, you know, th- those kind of conversations. And then yeah. it turns into a stressful thing. And so when I look back, I feel like our... um just growth in that area really came when we started regularly like sitting down and being like, okay, what are our goals? Where have we, you know, met those goals? Where do we want to improve? What are we, what's going well? What's not? And just consistently revisiting it. So if you can make that a monthly or bi-monthly thing where it's actually an enjoyable experience, like you sit down and, you know, you have coffee or a glass of wine or dinner or something where you can just like review your goals, look at your numbers, understand and get on the same page. The other person is going to feel really hurt, especially if they feel like you have a different view of things or how things should go than they do. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And it also makes it like this thing that you look forward to because it's like, hey, we get to like dream for the future together and we get to look at what our financial picture is now mm-hmm. and, and forecast for the future and look back at what we could improve on. And it just becomes, I think, something that's really, I don't know, I think it helps you learn the other's like money language or money style a lot faster. Yeah. And I wish we would have started doing that right when we got married, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until two years in. So that would be my top piece of advice for sure. I think that's great advice. One, is it the like one of the number one cause for fights or even divorce in married couples is money? Like, yeah. Yeah. so it's it's such an important topic that I think gets overlooked. And I think it also has to deal with our normals of what we grew up in and how we have that mm-hmm. relationship with money based on like when we were kids and our family and like just like the, the houses that we grew up in, the styles that we grew up in, like how we emotionally handle money. And then you come together, I think coming together and having those conversations and creating that new normal, or even just talking about, hey, like when I grew up, this was the normal. Or, or mm-hmm. okay, when you grew up, that was the normal. Okay, what's going to be the new normal? And I think that's just so smart and wise to actually have those conversations and sit down and just really talk about it. And I love what you just said about the dream dates or like the money dates, like, Mm -hmm. Mm because it makes it fun, but it also is really intentional. And it's wise to do that before like crap hits the fan. And then you're like, yeah, "Ah!" (laughs) yeah, exactly. And our, our financial situation was just so weird. Our first few years of marriage, because it was so unpredictable. Like, I mean, he was trying to get back into the NFL, which we had no idea if that was going to happen. And that would have totally changed our financial picture. My business would like grow. And then it would like, you know, it does what businesses do as they're first getting off the ground. So we'd be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look how much money we made this month. And then the next month would be like, never mind. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just like, it was this whole like really strange, like, what are we doing? And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, it made it challenging. And then, you know, if there was ever months where I brought home more then like we had to navigate that, you know? And so there yeah. was just this like, very confusing season. And I know what that feels like. And once we really started getting intentional about these conversations, it really did help us feel like we were on the same team when it came to the financial picture rather than your money, my money, or what we're bringing to the table or what we're not bringing to the table. And I think that was very healing and helpful for us in that area. So yeah, Mm. it can definitely be huge. I love that. Do you guys... Oh, sorry. I had a, do you have a question also that you yes. thought of? I, I did too. <laughs> yes. Mine is related first. to the topic. Is yours related to the topic that we were just discussing? No, it's a kind of a... So it's kind okay, of slimy. Let me, you let go. me just throw this out there before we continue on. Do you guys have resources that you would recommend for the couple or the, the married couple, the newly married couple, about to be married couple, whatever, who are kind of heading into these money conversations and know that their money mindset might not be on the same page, or one of them may have come from, you know, a poverty mentality type of upbringing or anything like that, where they can almost go through some resources together on those money dates to uh, get on the same page, if that makes sense. 
Um, one thing I would say, did you have something? Oh, okay. One thing I would say, it's not specifically for couples, but a book that actually recently came out, um, it's by Rachel Cruz. It's called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Um, and it's really just about like understanding your like financial household that you grew up in, why you view money the way that you do, the habits that it has, like, or the habits that it creates in you, the habits that you have. Like, it just is a little bit of a deep dive into understanding how you view money and why mm. you view it that way and how you work with it and that whole thing. And so I think that's just a helpful resource. I recently yeah. had her on my podcast and just she described like the four different ways people view and use money. Mm. And so to be able to just walk yourself through that and self-identify of like, okay, this is, and help your spouse understand you. It's the same thing that you would do like with the Enneagram or any of these yeah. other like tests, right? But something that's actually like a tool you're using every day in your life. I think having some sort of understanding that way and using a, t- a tool or a book like that to guide you and then also allowing your spouse to do that can be really helpful with getting on the same page and exploring like, what is our money background? And mm-hmm. also I would say, it's not really a resource, but I think a big conversation to have is like, what did your parents do in this situation versus yeah. what did your parents do? Like, what did my parents do in that situation? And yeah. I think that like, we've been able to do that and say like, this is the things we would draw from your family. These are the things we want to draw from my family and be able to like create this like beautiful, like hybrid in, mm. in a really neat way. Like what, what would we not do? What would we do? Um, so I think that type of book as well as um, that kind of question and really auditing that can be really helpful as well. That's awesome. Um, okay, my question is is maybe slightly more for Matt, but it might be kind of both. But I've received this question a lot from just followers or just emails or DMs or whatever. And we don't really struggle with it. So the question was, it was kind of almost for Andrew in a sense of like, what, how do you feel as a man if the woman is the breadwinner? And I don't know if that's always been the case with you guys, but I feel like Matt, you might be able to bring something to the situation of like, as a man who wants to like bring home the bacon, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. like the stereotypical like breadwinner, how do you, which I don't think it's bad that a woman is the breadwinner at all, but I just would love your like take on that. Yeah, I we we definitely dealt with that, especially um, you know, in my our first year of marriage when I got cut by the Steelers two weeks before our wedding. And I was <sighs> like, uh yeah, no pressure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so e- even then I wasn't even like officially working with Jordan, but um there are gonna be seasons where like as a man, you have to humble yourself and do, you know, the not not the most like glorious thing. Mm. Um like there's some days you got to, you know, shovel crap. And, you know, sometimes that's like, all right, babe, what can I, like, what do you need? How can I help? And I, I had to do that for a while. And it, it was definitely, um, you know, there's definitely tension there. It's definitely like laying down your pride, um, you know, the, to go with the, you know, the bringing home the bacon, like the man providing. Um, that That's really, it, it's a false narrative because, like to me, like God provides, yeah. um, and so like ultimately He provides. So whether whether that's me, you know, like for, for a season that was Jordan, and you know, you know, one day when we have kids, like that's going to shift drastically. Like that, you know, pendulum or whatever it is is going to swing back the other way. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I've got good work to where you know Jordan could not work at all right now, mm-hmm. and we'd be fine. But. Um, yeah, I, I think she's I, I, crazy and chooses to all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
true. Her words, really, not mine. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, there was a time, like from the wife's perspective, I think, you know, I think we live in this age right now where I'm so thankful that it's like becoming more normalized that women can be the breadwinner. And like, that's yeah. not bad, right? Like that's just, it may not be traditional, but it's not bad. But I also think that it's okay to also be sensitive to the fact that growing yeah. up, like especially at, in our generation, it was more common. It's not that it wasn't a thing at all, but it was more common for our husbands and the men that we're married to or going to be married to, to have been raised in a household in a more traditional setting. It was it was more common even just 20 years ago for the husband to be the breadwinner. Partly, mm-hmm. I wonder if be, because there wasn't as many work from home opportunities and when yeah. they were choosing to stay with their families, yeah. regardless yeah. of why, the point right. is, I think... And now you can really do both on such a different level. I mean, Lindsay, we've talked about this a lot. But, you know, I do think that I had to learn to honor that, like, desire in him. Even if Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, to just say, like, hey, I still appreciate you. And the times he felt unappreciated, he had to communicate that. Like, you know, it can be really easy to um, just be like, well, I am a woman. Hear me roar. Like, I'm going to go make all the money. <laughs> and, and I think that, that that can be great. But I also think we can still be sensitive to how that may be hard for our husbands and just affirm them as much as possible and say like, hey, what you are contributing does matter. And the way you are mm-hmm. helping me does matter. And I think just that is enough. It's not that they have to be making more money. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, I think, especially if, if I could go back and do it over again, um, there was a season, like I said, right after we got married, I got cut. I was trying to get back on a team and I was just going, I was working out full time. Like I was not working a job. I was helping Jordan second shoot weddings. I'd actually taught her photography in the first yeah, place back when irony. she did photography. <laughs> so she gets all the credit for everything I've done basically. <laughs> <laughs> when you really rewind it back to a single point, it's either him recommending I start the Etsy store or teaching me how to shoot with a camera That's or something else. Yeah. So, but but like back in that time, if I could do it over again, I would have gotten a job because for Mm -hmm. men, um, I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself. Um, but I think I can speak pretty confidently when I say like, there is a tie to any sort of income Mm -hmm. and your worth in a way because you want to be contributing in a way. It's not to say like, like you can't be a stay at home dad and contribute in other ways, but like that was definitely a stressor for us in that time. And it was like, I think that stress would have been alleviated even if I was bringing in, you know, uh, small a small amount of money, yeah. um, doing a, a job that wasn't necessarily a career job, whether it's, you know, bartending, waiting tables, something like that, construction, um, like anything. Because um, I think there is definitely that identity crisis um, with men because, you know, men were, were built to provide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think like he went through a season of just like a fog of like, wait, I was going to be on a field and playing with some of the best athletes in the world and have the Jersey. And like, all of a sudden, what am I doing? Like, who yeah. am I? And, and he was trying to do that, like get back into it. But there is like that identity crisis when one career ends, whether they leave to come work with you or they just, you know, pivot seasons or they get cut or all of the, but like, regardless, I think there, there was this time where I think he just, it, I don't know if I'd call it insecurity, but it's a little bit of an identity crisis of like, wait, this is not how I saw this going. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to navigate this. And that's why I say, I think it's equally as important to be affirming. And also I do think that's true. I think if he would have felt like he was working in some way, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have changed how I seen him or our relationship, but I think it would have made him feel like, I'm, I think I'm like men want to work, right? Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's like this, I want to contribute somehow. And so I think we've looked back and said like, that probably just would have been healthy for like our mental health. Maybe not like it would, it wouldn't have made a massive difference financially, but I think it would have been healthy to feel like we were both working and doing our part in that way. Not that you have to. I mean, there's definitely been seasons like 
were, it, it was fine. But that was something that we learned that would have been healthy, I think, for him. So, mm-hmm. and again, every man's different. Some men don't prefer to do that, but that's just was his own preference. Yeah. Well, I think even just, you know, hearing you guys talk about this, not only is it almost like a, a societal thing that the men provide, but I think it's also just something like built into our DNA Definitely. as human beings. And I completely love that perspective of, you know, it's it's a part of who we were built to be as as humans. Even like you look at, you know, some of the really successful business gurus or entrepreneurs or whatever who start, you know, retire for like six months and then they're like, oh, I hate my life. I, mm-hmm. I'm getting back to work. Like there's mm-hmm. something about that that mm-hmm. God has designed us mm-hmm. to work. Right. And, you know, it's understandable that in a relationship, you know, that would become a dynamic. And it's super cool to hear you guys like bring that perspective yeah. to it. Well, I think without work, you can begin to feel kind of aimless, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really ultimately what you were getting at. Yeah. Or, or when your work is not fruitful, like I'm busting my butt training and I'm not getting any phone calls for workouts anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but even, or even when I was working, you know, for this medical device job, that was part of the reason why I left was I had put in for two um, promotions that weren't like big jumps. Yeah. And I missed on both of them. And I'm like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, for, I'm not getting paid very well. Yeah. Like, what's the risk? Like, we're not talking a, a huge sum of money every yeah. month. Because uh, after, you know, I was driving a lot for work. After all of my expenses, I wasn't taking home that much. But mm-hmm. it, it was it was something. And so, yeah, yeah like yeah, to your point, Evie, like, we were created to work. And yeah. we were created to, you know, enjoy the fruits of our work. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you're an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, there there are times when you're able to do that. You're like, wow, let's go visit my family in Phoenix. You know, we haven't seen them in a bit. We can work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's go and do that. That's one of the, you know, benefits of uh, entrepreneurship and working from home. So it, yeah, th- there's, there's pluses and minuses, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta take them as they come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What's the biggest lesson you guys have learned being in business with your spouse mm, for the short season that y'all were in the same business <laughs> or just alongside. We're sitting here staring at each yeah. other. <laughs> Matt, you go. Um, I'd say, okay, if you want to have success, you really have to have that um, mentality that, look, I'll, I'll scrub toilets if I need to. Like, put me in, coach. Wherever I, whatever I can do, wherever I can do it, like, no job is too small mm. because if you come in with an ego, it's not like it won't it won't be successful. Mm. And um, I, I feel like we did a really good job of that, and we were successful while we worked together. We just, you know, our paths just kind of diverged career wise, and um, we were able to, you know, make healthy transitions that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you can't bring your you got to leave your ego at the door because mm-hmm. um, you're you're a team and you're working towards a common goal. Yeah, I would say that. And I also would say, I think a big lesson I learned is intentionally honor the other. Because Mm. I think especially from my shoes, there were so many times where I think I just would like, you know, if he was helping me with something and didn't do it right, I had like this hard time because I was like, okay, if you were like an employee, I could like correct you. And like, (laughs) but I also, as your wife, like don't want to put you down and make you feel weird. Like I wouldn't ever put down an employee, but it's harder to critique somebody that you also have like a 
relationship with in that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you sleep so in it's like, how bed. do I, right? Like you don't <laughs> want them, you don't, they don't want them to feel reprimanded. And there were certainly mm-hmm. times where I'd get frustrated and then he would feel like, you know, that. And so I think I had to slowly learn like, how do I still honor the work that he does, even if it's not what I expected or hoped or, or anything like that? So that was a huge lesson I learned in the process. That's mm. really good. I had Andrew edit my photos back in 2018 for like two months. Mm-hmm. Mistake. Because I did I did exactly, Jordan, what you just said. Like he yeah. would do something and I would, I think, I literally think he edited y'all's session in Kauai. Oh, I'm, really? pretty, I'm pretty sure Andrew edited it, but he would just he like, did a good job. If that I mean, was he did. Yeah. I mean, I approved it. Like, let's not get crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> I just remember like he would do something and I'd be like, no. And I, I would mm-hmm. treat him like an employee, but not even, I wouldn't even treat him like an employee. I would treat him worse right. than an employee because of yeah. that relationship. Yeah. And it was not good. And we were like, yeah, like this you, is not you, working. Yeah, you take it for granted and you're like, wait, if if I had told my, if I had just talked to my employee like that, they would be going to HR right now. Right, <laughs> yeah. literally. Yeah. Which is me. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I I definitely had to learn that the hard way because there were certainly times, like one time he was helping edit my podcast while we were in a transition with it and an episode had gone out with a guest and like something wasn't edited out right and the guest was embarrassed. And I remember just feeling like embarrassed for the guest. And so I was like, super frustrated and just like, this is our, like, this is my name out there. Like I, and I'm at a three. So like, I worry about that kind of stuff and I'm a perfectionist. So like, and he genuinely felt bad, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, Jay, I'm sorry. I must've got distracted or I just didn't understand that that needed we, to be cut out. Up. We had a mix up with that editor, I think. Oh yeah. I think we may have had a mix. I don't know. Either or way. Like the wrong, like the unedited version got uploaded to the. Oh yeah. So file. you weren't editing, yeah. you were producing. So he was basically like in charge of making sure everything got uploaded from after we got it back from the editor and Ugh. he didn't like listen to it all the way or something, or he missed the, he missed the fact that the editor missed the edit. So it went out live, like thousands of people <laughs> listened to it. And so I just had, and I was like, it was probably that time of the month that I just had one of those moments where I just like kind of lost it. I was like, I was so frustrated. And I think that was definitely a turning point for us because that was like a time where we both were like, okay, we have to figure this out of like, how do we resolve? conflict that's not just marriage conflict, but that's like mm-hmm. a business issue. And so that's when I say like intentionally honor the other. It's like honor the fact that like don't like give them the benefit of the doubt. Cause I think I immediately jumped to like he didn't even try. Right. And like I wouldn't think that about someone else, but I think sometimes right. you can take that person for granted. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say honor the other. Just like give them the benefit of the doubt. Try to trust that like they did their best and they made an honest mistake. And he made a really good point that day when I was really frustrated. He's like, Jay, I've done like 12 episodes now or 15 episodes now, or maybe it was more than that. And he's like, the actual percentage or like margin of error is one out of all of those. Like my batting average is pretty like good. Like he was trying to help me see like, I'm not just like messing this up all the time. Right. And so I think it was healthy for me to see it that way. And I think giving each other the benefit of the doubt and trying to honor the work that they're doing, even if it's not perfect, can really help um, in the process and help mitigate some of those explosive moments that can happen. So. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I love this that. Just <laughs> life-giving for me personally. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. I just like, as soon as we, as soon as this airs, I'm going to just like hand the phone to Andrew. Like I wish Andrew could hear us talking. I mean, he can in the future. <laughs> But I'm just going to be like, this is for you. Listen, this is so good. Uh, You guys are incredible. Seriously, this is so fun. I know so many people, especially in today's day and age, are just so many work from home opportunities and entrepreneurship opportunities and all of that. I think there's husband and wife like teams are really becoming more and more popular and and Mm -hmm. more and more opportunities opening. So I love that we got to have this conversation with you guys because watching you you know, navigate so much of that season. And even now, like in your own entrepreneur, like journeys, you guys are both just 
so incredible in the way you handle all those ups and downs. So thank you for being here, for chatting with us. And for people who have listened to this and are just like, well, shoot, now we need to like be best friends with Jordan and Matt and follow (laughs) along on their, you know, their journeys and learn more from them and listen to your podcast and all the above. Where can people connect with you and find you and all the good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for the uh, invite and it's fun to be back and get to share this uh, different part of our life. But um, yeah, you can follow our journey probably mostly on my socials. That's where Matt's like very inactive on social. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm very I active. post like <laughs> once every two months. I, I post a lot of stories. <laughs> you do. Um, <laughs> you are Loki, my favorite person to follow for stories for controversial True. reasons, but I love it so much. <laughs> so if you're into that, you can follow me at Matt J. Dooley on Instagram. I am melting. Okay. Um <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, you guys can follow along with a lot of the things. I do more frequent updates, though. Matt talks more about, like, society and culture, and I talk more about, like, just what's happening in life. So if you're interested in either of those things, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Lee Dooley, and that's where all the other stuff is linked. There's plenty of fun stuff over there. So, yeah, super amazing. fun. Thanks, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We had a blast, yes. and I know this episode will bless a lot of people. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>